Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, welcome to Trapo. I'm uh, Dustin. I'm Kai. And tonight we have a uh, different kind of episode, one we haven't ever done before. We titled it Good, Great, or Garbage. And we're going to take a look at albums, movies, whatever it is that we come across. Things that we just can't decide. One of us can't decide whether they're just good or not good, or maybe whether we like it and it actually fucking sucks. The whole idea started when... Dustin sent me a text and was like, I need you to listen to this album. I can't decide if it's good or not. I don't know. Listen to it and tell me what you think. And then we talked about it and we decided to uh, save that for this podcast. So this episode is Good, Great, or Garbage. And uh, for this particular episode, we're going to talk about 2013's Halloween is Here. The idea behind Halloween is here is that Lonesome Wyatt is honestly kind of obsessed with old Halloween records, and he loved the idea of making his own. It's that simple. And so in 2013, he did just that. He made a Halloween album. I've listened to a lot of Halloween music. I'm sure you probably know that, but... (laughs) I definitely know that. Halloween music in general. Now, there's the kitschy uh, novelty stuff, and then there's the the stuff you basically talked about before that you listen to. You put it in a boombox on your front porch when the trick-or-treaters show up. It's all, like, creaking doors and ghostly chains and spooky laughs and stuff. You know, the the sound effects albums. And then you've got the... Yeah, then you've got the novelty music, which is... Kind of personified in Bobby Boris Pickett's Monster Mash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. If you think about it, isn't actually the Monster Mash. It's a song about the Monster Mash. We've never actually heard the Monster Mash. Right. We've never actually heard the Monster Mash. That's just a song about it. But that's one of those <laughs> things that yeah, when you when you think about it, you're like, wait, we're not meant to know. We don't. Yeah, we got nothing. And uh, Lonesome Wyatt is a man who, I don't really need to tell you, but he has his own peculiar tastes when it comes to music. His uh, concept behind Halloween is Here basically is an album told from the monster's point of view. You can listen to it in the actual songs. It literally just sounds like a group of like raucous monsters having a good time in a basement. Right. They're carrying on having a party, and that's what the songs are. This is a direct quote from Lonesome Wyatt. I thought this one should be more rowdy and unhinged, create something that sounded like a bunch of crazy creatures having a celebration. Like, that's literally (laughs) his concept for the album. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. There's quite a bit of group singing on this one. It sounds like a gang of deformed monsters. Yeah, most of the songs that, um, especially like Skeleton, where they're chanting, Skeleton, Skeleton. The, uh group singing and the weird chanting does make it like literally sound like like the soundtrack to a a nightmare before christmas style movie like there's something going on you kind of want to know or don't want to know what the fuck is going on yeah maybe you don't want to peek behind the scenes to see what is singing these songs the album even starts with the classic intro just like any good halloween album should have a seat and return to a simpler time time that never was and will never be again it's very classic and i i kind of applaud the album for that because it's just like he's going all out he's like if i'm gonna make a halloween album i'm just gonna do it right you even get the spooky intro look it's completely ridiculous but you're not supposed to take it seriously that's perfectly evident in the actual scary stories that are told on the album itself every one of them's 
completely absurd. And that's by design. I mean, like, take the lonely werewolf as a perfect example. He was terribly depressed. It's his birthday and nobody remembered. Every time that makes me laugh out loud. Yeah, and he says, (laughs) when you hear the, uh, the spooky stories being told, in my mind, I picture a group of kids sitting around a campfire and one of them is telling the story, holding like that flashlight under their chin for right. emphasis and when they're done they pass the flashlight to the next kid and they tell the story yeah. and you can hear it in the the vocal deliveries in these tracks there's the moment in the lonely werewolf when he says once he had a wife named and then there's this weird little pause and you can imagine the little kid making the story up trying to think of a name but uh-huh. once he had a wife named eleanor but last night he tore her to pieces and ate her it's great yeah the completely ridiculous nature of that story that suddenly a vampire swoops out of the sky and slaps him in the face where did that come from literally nowhere it's a kid making a story up and then they become friends they shake hands and then the best part of the whole track they literally go on a rampage and kill twenty thousand human beings (laughs) just for emphasis in one night yeah they killed 20,000 human beings in one night. The werewolf has finally found a friend. It's perfect. 20,000 human beings. That's a little kid going for shock value right there. And it's glorious. The, the ghost... little kid who doesn't know that a mass murder is usually like four. How are a werewolf and one vampire getting killed? 20... It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. They did it. They're a werewolf and a vampire. What the fuck are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. You're asleep in your bed. Out of the stories. I mean, look. I'll, I can level with you right now and say that uh, the Scarecrow Tomb and the Mummy's Hunger, they're not great, but yeah. I think the Ghost Thief and the Giant Fist are wonderful. The idea that there's yeah. a kleptomaniac ghost and then one of those wonderful pregnant pauses. Indiana. Like when he says that's where the barn is. where he Indiana. Like the kids saying something exotic to his friends. I love the specificity of what the ghost steals. Records. Old yeah. cop monster comic books. And unchewed sticks of bubblegum from 1953. Yeah, yeah. He said the specifics are like, what the fuck is happening? Right. And then a hobo just finds his shit, finds his stash. The ghost spooks <laughs> him off. But in the process, the hobo drops his cigar. Everything burns to a crisp. The ghost's haunted heart was broken he says later the ghost tracked the hobo down like the ghost was distracted for a while but oh later he tracked him down yeah like he was distraught yeah he grieved and then he he cracked open the hobo's rib cage like a fortune cookie crawled inside and fell asleep it's perfect it's gorgeous it's fucking gorgeous (laughs) the imagery right there you can't beat it Cracked open his, his rib cage like a fortune cookie. Just crawled in there like a dog and fell asleep forever. It's lovely. The piece de resistance, the absolute uh, pinnacle of the stories is the giant fist. Because it's, it's, that's the most batshit crazy one. Because it makes absolutely no sense. The other ones, okay, the, a ghost steals yeah. shit, sure. Werewolf slowly makes friends with the vampire, sure. And you're like, wait, a guy climbs up a chimney and transforms into a giant, literally a giant fist. With tiny little furry legs and fucking thick, powerful black wings. What? What? The kid who told that story probably ha- ended up having a few meetings with like the school counselor. Something's going yeah, on there. That's some shit going on at home for sure. The fist finds two young lovers making out like on a bench. Then opened his hand and smashed it down on them again and again and again. Until there's nothing left but goo all over his open palm. 
And because he's covered with, with fucking young lover guts, he walks over to a park, wipes his hand, his giant hand on the grass. Like, that's literally a thing that happens in that, in that track. <laughs> well, okay. Then he goes to see his mom. She was old, so it took her a long time to answer. She opens the door. He pulls off one of her legs. As he swung it around his head like a helicopter blade. And then bashes her brains out with her own leg. Then he just fucks off into the night, wishing he still had lips so he could whistle. I don't think he can beat that ending. Beats his mother to death with her own leg, then goes away. (laughs) He's troubled. He's a troubled boy. I don't know. I think... My personal favorite was actually Skeleton. And I I think it's just the childlike spelling. And it's like, it's such a long, awkward spelling. (laughs) There's no fluid way to spell Skeleton or even pronounce it. And so the whole thing is awkward. The rest of the lyrics, which I don't exactly remember, but it's like a little troop of devil Boy Scouts stomping around after they just murdered someone and they're playing with his fucking bones. (laughs) Inside of everyone, there is a this song resonated with me the first time i heard it because when i was a kid i'm talking young i was genuinely freaked out when i actually made the realization that there is in fact a skeleton inside of me yeah and i would have recurring nightmares when i was like five or six that my skeleton was trying to crawl out of me like when i was asleep it was trying to get out of me but this song turns it into a game it's fun Right after they, they do their little dance, you hear that voice, it's free! You know the thing, your skeleton is walking down the street. Just think of all the bitter people it will eat. That's great. Yeah. Then they reach the chorus when they just start spelling skeleton. And every time they do it, you hear this demonic roar in the back of Which just sells it. It's, it's, it's a wonderful little song. I mean, Halloween is here. That made me think like, okay, this has got to be some cover. He, he did a very authentic job on that song of making it sound like a 50s, 60s, 80s Halloween album. Like that should be played more than Monster Mash for Halloween it's, songs. It's, absolutely. This is Halloween. It's in the chorus. Like the That encapsulates Halloween. So many uh, terrible beasts to be. You're not you and I'm not me tonight. You're going trick-or-treating. You're not you. I'm not me. The song really encapsulates everything wonderful about Halloween. Yeah, the perfect night for creatures like me. Halloween is here. It's not just a great name for an album. It's not just a great name for a song. It's kind of the quintessential Halloween song. It's something of a crime that people don't know about it. Oh, yeah, this guy named Lonesome Wyatt made a great Halloween album. They're like, what the fuck is what? Who? Where the fuck you been? And there's great wordplay in the lyrics to I Want to Be a Monster. Oh. I found it very amusing. I just want to be a monster. I don't want to be a failure. I don't want to be a sailor. I just want to kill and I love it. It's fun. There's nothing graphic. It's blood or guts. It's like, oh, those are the stories kids tell each other. This is the kind of album I honestly think you could play at Halloween parties, even kids' Halloween yeah. parties. Some of them I was like, ooh, maybe I could add this. So if I was still teaching fifth grade, I would add them. 
but uh, some of them are a little, not not even really graphic, but just the imagery is like a 10-year-old would laugh at it. A five or six-year-old would be like, that's creepy. That kid disappeared. I think the giant fist got him. You want to meet the giant fist? No. Didn't you even say shit? In almost every song except for Such a Fright, there's this kind of almost improvised feel when that monster chorus joins in. Uh, very impromptu. It adds to that kind of lo-fi appeal. It makes you want to sing along. You hear them singing, they're having a blast. <laughs> yeah. They're having a blast. Yeah, exactly. Seems like these people are really having fun. Even with Hallow's Eve, it, it starts out great. I hope you get eaten by the devil. No holds barred from the beginning. Uh-huh. And it's great. But he sings it so joyfully. Right. It's infectious. I do hope you get taken down to hell. Such a fright is the only uh, outlier on the album because it doesn't sound like any of the other songs. It actually sounds more of a, of a kind with more of Lonesome Wyatt's solo work outside of this album. And this is, I love the song, but at first... I didn't think it really fit in because it sounds so different. The melody kind of reminds me of a almost like a 50s romance song. Like Richie Valens is going to start singing to me. Yeah. I think the second verse is kind of great. It says, my skin hangs off my yellow bones. morbid it's very morbid it's not like the best representation of the tone of the album but i like the song so i'm ultimately okay that it's there part of me wishes that he instead of such a fright he'd ended up doing a one more monster sing-along that would have been cool ultimately i'm okay with it either way but i feel like the the closer is kind of the ultimate closer for the album when we are dead is kind of brilliant it's a song that it's a rollicking good time. I don't use the term rollicking very often. I, I wrote a note that greets death with a hearty handshake and a rictus grin. And I feel like that's apt. Yeah. Because they're all having a good time. Yeah. Someday soon we'll all be dead. I wonder what will happen then. I wonder what will happen then. Like ghosts will float out of our heads. That's a great. Yeah, I, d- I remember ghosts will float out of our heads. Oh, yeah. I guess, you know, fuck it. When we were dead, ghosts would be floating out of our head. Like I said, I think the conclusion, the ending to that song, is perfect for what it is. Because how do you end this album? Well, just drop a bomb on it. Lonesome White just dropped a bomb on the end of his album and blew it up. Kaboom. That's how Halloween is here ends. Someday soon we'll all be dead. Then they blow the fuck up. Like I said, the exuberance of of a child mixed with a kind of morbid sense of humor. It's a wonderful combination. It's an idealized Halloween for me because it, it features the, the spooky and the fun in kind of equal measure. Right, yeah. Not taken too seriously. The last quote I had for this is uh, Lonesome Wyatt said, This record's like the musical equivalent of a homemade Halloween costume. Kind of strange and clunky, but made with real heart. I'm awful fond of the thing. And that really sums it up for me. It feels like a handmade Halloween costume. It feels like, yeah. Yeah. 
I would agree with that. In the terms, the you know the actual title of this uh, this series we're doing, "Good Greater Garbage," in terms of a Halloween album, and I'm and look, I'm just gonna say it because I believe it in my heart because I've listened to a lot of fucking Halloween music. This is the best Halloween album I've ever heard. So, in terms of a Halloween album, "Good Greater Garbage," Halloween is here is great. I would uh, I would concur with that. Great because um, I have not listened to a lot of Halloween music, and I listened to this all the way through, even go halfway through the giant fist going, ah, wait, the fuck is happening? <laughs> wait, it's got, it's got legs? It's got wings? It's a fist flying around? Oh, shit. But by the end, I'm like, okay, it's pretty fucking good. That's, that's, that was the same way I was the first time I heard the album. By the end of it, I'm like, a one over. Even the one with the mummy, the mummy's hunger, yeah. I ultimately like it because it's so goddamn absurd. A mummy in Arizona wakes from his tomb. Why the fuck is there a mummy in Arizona? It doesn't matter. It's a kid telling a story. So he's pissed. He's confused. Wanders into a supermarket. Some random lady hits him over the head with a squash, and he collapses like a souffle. And he dies. Doesn't just crush his head. The mummy collapses. The whole mummy. Yeah, that's it it's fucking stupid it's the stupidest fucking thing but it's it's like that's funny imagine that in your head some lady hitting a rampaging mummy on the back of the head with a squash and the mummy just fucking accordions to the ground he's done and then that's it someone calls the cops to come in clean it up the arizona mummy he's gone but yeah that's uh that's halloween is here by lonesome white and the holy spooks the question is good greater garbage halloween is here is great double great certified halloween. great by fucking trapo but now we reach the point. It's certified great. It's a great Halloween album. In my opinion, the best Halloween album. I know that's hyperbole. A lot of people are, they're not going to agree with me, but you know, they can go fuck themselves because they don't know the truth. But they sense, yeah, don't know. Cause it's on, it's on Amazon. It's probably on Spotify. It's out there. You can listen to it. We've gotten through this. I have to ask the question because in terms of a Halloween album, I feel like Halloween is here deserves to be in the canon. I feel like it deserves to be in there. So I would nominate. Halloween is here by Lonesome White and the Holy Spooks for the Trapo Essentials canon. And uh, I would agree with you and turn the key because I'll be damned if I know any other Halloween albums out there that would be worth specializing for the canon. So I'm going to turn the key on that bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, we, uh, we here at uh, Trapo, we have an official email address. It is uh, dickblood sixty nine at gmail.com that's d-i-c-k-b-l-o-o-d-6-9 at gmail.com you can reach us there send us an email tell us we're hot garbage and that everything we do sucks or you can reach us at our blog traposhow.blogspot.com and leave a comment and speaking of comments we have a comment yeah. a new a new comment from and this is the name they put down jam bang wow that's their name and uh, this is a uh, this is a very positive. I have to stress this: a very positive comment. They wrote, "Can you explain the name? What does Trapo mean? It doesn't make any sense to me. You guys are talking about music and stuff. So what does the name mean? Does it have anything to do with music? The show is a little loose, maybe. I sat through the whole thing, but it took me a few times. And you could tighten things up if you keep making these. I've never made a podcast before, but I guess I was entertained. Hope things improve in the future." My favorite record is Led Zeppelin 2. He spelled Zeppelin wrong. My favorite song is Moby Dick. That was from Jam Bang Wow. Well, thanks for the comments. Keep them coming. 
wants to know what the name is. What's the um, why? Do, why is it Trapo? Why are we called Trapo? It was just some shit we started saying that became a thing. Sometimes, basically, our whole lives we played that game where you take the first uh, sound or two of a two-word combination and you switch them around. We basically did that with something random, and uh, Trapo was one of the words that be- came out of that, and then it just became part of our fucking vocabulary. Once it was in the lexicon, it was in our fucking heads. It didn't really matter what it means. It's just some shit we made up, to be honest. Plus, Trapo just sounds like a diseased clown. Yeah. Which it, is what, that's what drove, dra- drove me to it. I love the idea yeah. that there's a creepy clown named Trapo. So that's why the logo is a creepy clown. So we, we just kind of assume that he is Trapo. But really, the actual word just kind of came out of fucking word salad games that we get bored, drunk, and play. Because or maybe it just happens. Maybe it started out as a game when we were kids, but now it's like a fucking nervous tick. I remember the uh, mixing up the names uh, Tom Savini and Costas Mandalore. <laughs> and that turned into an episode of a podcast. That ended up being called the Costellini Mandivore Podcast. <laughs> Costellini Mandivore. Right. I remember that. That's wow. how it's that was that was a prime example of that of this insane thing we do. This weird game that makes no sense to anyone else. Yeah. It's mostly just us doing that yeah. for like ten minutes. And then laughing like fucking idiots at the weird yeah. shit that happens. Right. And as for his last point, uh his favorite record is Led Zeppelin two. What are your thoughts on Led Zeppelin two, Kai? It's been so long since I actually listened to them all in order. I don't even know if I'm thinking of the right right one when I'm thinking of Zeppelin 2. I can say that Led Zeppelin 2 is my favorite Led Zeppelin album. Jam Bang Wow, you're in good company or bad company, depending on whether or not you know you think I'm good company. But I, I like Led Zeppelin yeah. 2 as well. So And Moby Dick isn't my favorite song on the album, but... I love Moby Dick. I, I think I think I like four. I don't know. I'm sorry. Whatever. That'll be a whole nother episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'll be a whole other fucking series. <laughs> Thank you for the comment, uh, Jam Bang Wow, and uh, keep them coming. Thanks for listening to the first episode of Good, Great, or Garbage here on Trapo, which is just a name for a strange, creepy, diseased clown who may or may stab you with a rusty tickler. A rusty tickler. That's gross. <laughs> you can interpret that however you want. <laughs> also, also, Rusty Tickler is kind of a, you know, that's like the name of a, like some kind of weird sex pervert. It's the Rusty Tickler. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I don't know if he's going to stab you or rape you. Maybe both. Probably both. Probably. Let's be real. Anyway, I'm Dustin. I'm kind. And uh, get Bye. the fuck off of the internet, you piece of shit. You have children. Go home. <laughs> Trapo, the show that talks about stuff on purpose, is a Fenderman Incorporated production.